1: This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio.
2: There was the drive orchestrated by Big Ben at the end of Super Bowl 43 that ended with a touchdown pass to Santonio Holmes. There was the immaculate reception with Franco Harris and Terry Bradshaw connecting for a big touchdown to beat the Raiders. And then there was the opening preseason drive of the 2023 season. All three, some of the biggest drives in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers labs.
0: What <laughs> have you lost your mind?
2: Well, it feels that way, st- man. I got the excitement. <laughs> Kenny's out there slinging the ball over the middle of the field. The Steelers' offense is back.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the key to that whole little opening you did there, and it was extremely well crafted, even though
2: <laughs> even totally though it was absolutely excited. ridiculous, yeah,
0: <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the first preseason game, um. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's. I'm I'm all for you know recognizing uh, the good things that the Steelers did on Friday night in Tampa, um, but you know all of them have to be uh, put in the context with the caveat of you know the first preseason game. Um, Twenty one players, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers That's did right. not play, uh, and I don't know that um, you know the Buccaneers are going to be. In the hunt there for that NFC Championship this year, so I mean, again, um, you know, it was a nice um, first uh, outing in a stadium for the Steelers. Certainly, uh, Kenny Pickett in the first team offense looked very good uh, in that in that opening drive. They were very efficient. Uh, I thought I thought really thought Pickett um, showed a lot of things. The kind of we've been seeing uh, at training camp on a daily basis, put him in, um, into use during a game. Uh, and a lot of the players surrounding him uh, on that drive also acquitted themselves very well. Um, but again, first preseason game. Uh, now, you know, it's and it was a very small sample size, too, of that first preseason game. So, you know, again, as I said, there's a lot of good things we can talk about uh, that that we saw in that game throughout the rest of this podcast here today, and I'm more than willing to do that, but um, I just would warn, and I know you're just being facetious because you like to push my buttons, (laughs) and you know exactly where to go with that, Um, but, you know, I'm just kind of, I want to caution fans, you know, not to get too... Um, I won't say enamored, but don't think that you know a, a small uh, sample size in a in an early preseason game is going to change what's been happening up here every day for two plus weeks, through almost three whole weeks. Uh, so, and and that last uh, comment of mine is to all of the people who have already sent me submissions to asked and answered. Demanding slash suggesting slash whatever that Mason Rudolph needs to be the backup quarterback now. I mean, bench Mitch Trubisky, try to trade him. You know, see whatever you can do about this because you know a, a couple of quarters against the Buccaneers JV is certainly enough. Um, you know, to change everything that um, you know you've been working on for months, and um, you know, all of a sudden now. Again, I'm, you know, I I don't want to come across as denigrating Mason Rudolph because he did play well, Um, but, you know, this is a guy that they hated, you know, (laughs) a few months ago, and, you know, now they're carrying him around on their shoulders, so, um, yeah, fans are fans, and you love them because they're, you know, mostly loyal, and, you know, it's really not a... It's 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 not the same without them, as we learned during the uh, pandemic year where this when they when teams played in, in empty stadiums. But, um, you know, have a little perspective, people. Um, and that's what I'm here to help you with today.
2: I, I just love fandom, though. You know, last year's first preseason game, Mason Rudolph gets booed as he enters the game at Akersher Stadium this year. We're pounding the table to move him up the depth chart. You got to love. The mind of the fan and all jokes aside about that first drive of the game. Yes, there is a long road ahead here for the Steelers offense to turn that corner in 2023. You cannot get too excited just from one small blip on the radar that you saw against some of Tampa Bay starters, but most of their backups, to be honest with you out there on the field. But it is fair to say that it's encouraging to see how that drive went labs. You know, they get Deontay Johnson involved early, a, a couple of catches that was refreshing to see. Kenny looked so decisive, so accurate. And it looks like he's got a little extra zip on that ball as well. This year, the offensive line held up protection wise, and they hit George Pickens in the middle of the field who then utilized some yards after catch, some nice moves to make a defensive back miss and get in the end zone. It was, it was really kind of exactly what you would hope to see despite it being just such a small sample size.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's uh, to me is what, uh, what was really uh, nice about it, you know, I and I won't say heartening because, you know, w- we have been seeing a, l- a lot of this stuff here up here every day on campus. And, you know, the, the hope is that they're able to transfer it, you know, from practice into games. And, you know, that to me was what I was kind of uh, heartened about the most is that it was it seemed like such a seamless uh, transfer and you know that's what you want to. That's what you want to see. You want you want your team to be able to take what they're doing. You know, Mike Tomlin calls them football-like settings. Uh, you know, training camp practices. Um, there are there are some drills in camp where you know there's tackling. Yes, uh, but it's not the same as, as a game, even against another team's backups. And so, you know, the fact that. Kenny Pickett played, you know, I thought a very clean uh, first possession. Uh, And and let's not forget last year, uh, the times that the Steelers uh, on their opening possession went down the field and scored a touchdown happened twice. Wow. So um, that to me was a significant development as well. Because, you know, when you look at some of the things that, you know, were issues uh, that needed to be addressed, corrected, worked on, whatever, however you want to describe them. Uh, as this off began, you know th- th- there were a couple right away. I mean, you know, when you when you're talking about the offense, you wanted to see uh, it start quicker, uh, because you know, and then the we can extrapolate from the only two times did the um, offense. Take its opening possession and go down the field and score a touchdown to, you know, the number of first quarter points that the the Steelers scored over the whole course of the regular season. Uh, that was certainly not an impressive number. Um, and then uh, you know the fact that you, you wanted to see more chunk plays out of the offense because you know the Steelers during that winning streak towards the end of last season, they were doing some good things offensively. But I thought too often. You know, the drives were 10 plays, 12 plays. I remember a 14-play drive for a touchdown. And while that's great, but, you know, the chances of being able to pull that off on a consistent basis in the NFL are just not very high. I mean, someone's going to hold or there's going to be a penalty called whether it happened or not. You know, there's just too many opportunities for something to go bad. In a fourteen-play right. drive, that you would like to see, you know, the offense either and well, and this, this these kind these things kind of go hand in hand. You want to see chunk plays, uh, or you and or you want to see touchdowns scored, you know, from outside the red zone because that's that's legal. The last time I because I looked it up a couple times last year to make sure just to
2: double check, you know, yeah,
0: just to double check. So you know, the first touchdown was a thirty-three yarder to George Pickens. Uh, now I get it it was a catch and run, but again, looking at that play, which you know I thought was good about it, was Pickett's delivery of that ball. Ooh. There were two there were two defenders there, you know, a cornerback and a linebacker, <clears throat> and he put it between them with some zip, right to George Pickens. And that's another thing you wanted to see from Pickett was, you know, not just protecting the ball, um, You know, and and cutting back on the turnovers, which he did dramatically over the course of the second half of last season. But you also want to see him be uh, sufficiently accurate where he delivers the ball to his receiver in a way that allows that guy then to catch it and do something with it. And that pass to Pickens was perfect. He he put it right on him, uh, right in his uh, chest. Well, not in his chest, but right in stride. And that gave George Pickens the uh, opportunity, the opening, if you will, to do his thing. You know, make a couple of moves, outrun somebody, and get into the end zone. Great. I mean, that's all of that's great. Um, but again, one one drive in one preseason opener uh, against a, a Tampa Bay team that I don't know that's going to they're going to be five hundred at the end of this NFL season. Maybe they surprise me. But not only that, but with twenty-one of their players not playing, so again, feel good about it. But you know, let's not uh, look. Uh, let's postpone the parade down the boulevard of the Allies, right, now for another. I don't know, say
2: twenty minutes. All right, I'll keep mapping the route out in pencil for now. <laughs> you tell me when we switch right. over to sharpie when it's starting to look more permanent.
0: Okay. Yeah. Because we got to pick a grand marshal too. So. <laughs> We'll have to see who's available.
2: Well, you mentioned chunk plays and the Steelers needing more of that home run kind of variety. And the chunkiest of chunk plays on Friday night's game came from Calvin Austin, someone we were seeing in a Steeler uniform in game action for the first time in his career, missing all of his rookie year last season. A 67-yard touchdown bomb, Rudolph to Austin. It's probably why Rudolph was moving up the depth chart in a lot of fans' minds is because of that big play. But Austin, I think, was... A lot of people had impact in the second and third string offensively for the Steelers in this game, but Austin was probably the one that really jumped out to me. Aside from that 67-yard bomb, he also had some pretty nice runs on the jet sweep, and his athleticism really shone through.
0: Yeah, the thing about Calvin Austin, I mean, and this was the hope for him, even when he was drafted, you know, this was even before, he came to tra- training camp as a rookie and then sustained that injury, that foot injury that ultimately sabotaged his entire rookie season. Um, but the, the speed and the explosiveness that he brought. Um, and, you know, again, if, if we would go back a little more than a, a calendar year ago from where we are right now, uh, I certainly was among those who was thinking that this was a guy who could not only uh, impact – this team possibly as an extra receiver because you really don't think that, you know, a rookie's going to come in and, um, you know, dominate, um, you know, the, the starting lineup as a receiver. Uh, as a return guy, I thought, hey, this guy, yeah. he can help there too. Uh, and we've seen that with a lot of, um, over the years, a lot of players who became very good uh, receivers for the Steelers started out being pretty dynamic Return guys, Lynn Swan was a great punt returner. Louis Lips was a great punt returner. Um, Antonio Brown was a great returner, both punts and kickoffs. So, um, you know, when you're watching, when we were watching Calvin Austin um, and last, you know, as a rookie, it was a lot of it was, you know, OTAs and minicamp because once training camp started, he, he, he was on the practice field for a few days. Right. And then injured his foot the day before the preseason opener, and then we never saw him again. So, but you can see the burst because there's no tackling or anything, and a lot of it's in shorts and no help or no pads. But you know, speed is something that you know uh, you, you can you can gauge uh, pretty easily on a football field when everybody's running. And Calvin Austin has speed. He has burst. Uh, he's quick to speed. And um, we saw some of that uh, against the Buccaneers, too.
2: Coach Tomlin stopped by and chatted with the media following the game against Tampa Bay on Friday. Here's what Coach had to say about the Steelers' win over the Buccaneers.
1: Um, It's good to learn lessons while doing what you need to do. Uh, But beyond that, I thought we just saw some things that we wanted to see tonight. Um, First unit offense, uh, Kenny spread the ball around. Um, kept himself clean, moved the moved the group, and we were able to, you know, check that box and in terms of getting them a quality rep at the process, you know, um, the things that they did at the hotel, um, the procedural things leading up to play, um, that collective of guys, they're young guys, but they have some experience now. And so we asked them to maybe step outside of themselves and in the lead up to performance and get a feel for the group. What is the process of the group's preparation looks like? And so Enjoyed that. I think it teed up uh, the performance that you saw. Um, had some other guys, you know, show some good things. Uh, Calvin Austin, um, Ant-Mac, um, Herbick on defense, Benton on defense were young guys that I thought that kind of stood out. Um, but there's a lot of teaching and learning that needs to happen um, based on the result of what just happened, it, it just is. I think it's reasonable to expect us to be significantly better next week this experience of having been in a stadium and in an environment like this, man, if we don't use it as a catalyst to, to work next week and get better, then shame on us. And so we're excited about that. Um, had some in-game injury. Uh, Deuce Russell at linebacker had a knee um, that's going to be evaluated. Uh, Kwiatkowski had a shoulder. Uh, Duke Dawson's got a knee. Those guys um, you know, need to be evaluated. Don't have a lot of information there. We had a few guys that that had minor injuries and so forth Um, in the 11th hour leading up to participation. We chose to exercise some precaution and not allow them to participate. Guys like Larry Ogunjobi and Joey Porter Jr. Uh, We'll see the totality, all of that when we get back to town and and put together a good plan for next week. Again, we don't spend a lot of time talking about the guys that do not play. Um, There's a lot of guys that played tonight and, and got some tape to analyze and learn from and and made a good accounting of themselves. And so uh, we're going to comb through that in a very professional way. Coach, you had a to put
2: a gold jacket on What was that experience like to have that honor? What does
1: mean to you? Know, um, you know, I don't know if I can put it into words what he means to me. Um, we came together at an awesome age, and um, we we're probably great for each other. I know. I enjoyed the challenge of coaching somebody as smart and competitive and productive as him. Uh, I never wanted to let him down. I never wanted to let Lynch down. Um, and those guys played ball. And so, you know, together, man, we ate and fed our families and had a good time. And last weekend was really kind of, you know, a culmination of that. And, you know, can't put it into words to be a part of that. Um, his story, his journey, so thankful um, for it. Mike, did you like to- We saw what we needed to see. It's a good step, but we'll keep pushing. You know, he's a veteran guy. He he knows what he's doing. He brings energy. He's highly competitive. I'm sure it's easy to be competitive in these circumstances. You step in the bowls and and stuff. He but he's highly competitive and an energy bringer in in, in practice situations day to day, and um, I appreciate that. Your initial evaluation of Roger Jones of playing time there. Gave, gave him a big exposure. Um, I like his demeanor. Um, I like how he finished. We'll comb through it specifically and look at hand usage and and how he mixed up his protections and some of the things that are very technical, that are a major component of this level of play. Talked a lot about the offense being more exposed to your two long touchdowns. We feel like into those plays successful? We're not going to wear our hands out patting ourselves on the back at this juncture. We had a good night tonight in some areas, back to work. The speed component with the department, is that an intriguing thing of what you guys want to do? You know, um, everybody knows those guys can move and run and and that's why we're excited about seeing what they're capable of doing. But, you know, it goes beyond just the, you know, the flatline speed, man. Those guys are developing skills relative to their position know-how. And at this level, when it's good on good, Speed doesn't win. Um, it's speed in combination with with know-how and skills relative to your position and like the trajectory of both guys in that area.
0: Yeah, there's one other thing I just want to in- interject here uh, based on what Mike Tomlin said about Pickett's performance. Um, and it, it had to do with uh, Kenny Pickett keeping himself clean. Um, you know, I w- in reading uh, some of the other... Um, write-ups of some of the other preseason games the carolina panthers preseason game uh the um judgment of bryce young was uh what a good job he did because he took several big hits and was able to get up from them well you know that's that's nice um and that's a good way (laughs) to look at it i guess no I'm, i'm not being uh you know i'm not being sarcastic for a change uh but the, the another thing that I thought Kenny Pickett did very well was he didn't he didn't put himself into those positions to take big hits. Uh, and that again shows a level of development uh, a little bit of maturity um a, a kind of um you know expansion of his game yes because you're looking for a guy you know one of the other things we heard a lot about Kenny Pickett last year was, You know, the concussions, the concussions, the concussions. Well, the best way to avoid that is to not get hit. And there are some things that quarterbacks can do to protect themselves. And I thought Kenny Pickett did a nice job of that um, last night, or not last night, Friday night uh, in Tampa. And again, when we're looking at his overall performance and pointing out things that were good about it, uh, I just didn't want that to go unnoticed.
2: Yeah, no question. I also have to give a little bit of a hat tip to that first team offensive line as well. When you say, I mean, first real experience with those five guys gelling together as a unit, and I know that there was some JV on the other side of the line of scrimmage for the Buccaneers, but they really controlled things, especially in that first drive.
0: Yeah, everything that you know the that Matt Canada uh, called, uh, I thought was executed pretty well, um, and I think that you know one of the things that I've People also should realize or understand was since uh, everybody knew, at least among the Steelers, that, you know, Kenny Pickett was going to see a very limited period of time on the field. um, You know, they didn't want him to just hand the ball to Najee Harris 10 times. Uh, So you're trying to get, you know, get him uh, some actual work in some of the areas that, you know, you're going to depend upon him as these preseason games continue and then morph into the regular season games and so that's why there were so many passes called um and you know in that in that respect that makes sense to, to do it that way and um yeah it, again uh, everything about it all of the position groups at least from what I could see you know watching the game uh acquitted themselves very well on that first possession.
2: We will turn our gaze towards the defensive side of the ball when we come back, talk about some young players that made an impact uh, on that side of things, and we'll hear from a Steelers inside linebacker Elandon Roberts. It's all on the way on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.
1: Sees the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Grass play action, big, big rush, he's hit, he's
0: sacked back and the 35-yard line. Nick Herbig, two big
3: plays in a row.
2: One of two sacks from Nick Herbig in his first action in the NFL Friday against the Buccaneers. Uh, Labs, some usual suspects got the night off on the defensive side of the ball for the Steelers, so that made way for some young guys to make an impact, and Herbig certainly made his impact felt. You heard Coach Tomlin in his press conference we played uh, in the last segment mention Herbig as well as one of these young guys that you know took the opportunity and really ran with it, put some really good tape on uh, film for coaches to look at and evaluate them through this process.
0: Yeah, Nick Herbig was one of those guys, again, that kind of fit the theme of how I viewed the preseason opener and what was good about it because, you know, we had been season, seeing Nick Herbig at training camp, you know, being uh, really quick off the ball, um, looking good, if not dominating at times in backs on backers, one on one pass rush, rush drills. He has uh, held his own uh, very well in, in, in a lot of those repetitions and, you know, he took what he had been doing up here and transferred it to a game. And those are the things you like to see, especially again, the guy's a rookie, you know, so he's showing you these kinds of things right away. And so, you know, it, it gives you a lot of hope for not only his career as it unfolds, but also in ways that he might be able to contribute to this team, you know, as a rookie, One of the things last year uh, that really kind of derailed the Steelers' season was T.J. Watt's pectoral injury, you know, and and they went through, geez, I mean, how many? We were talking about it on the pregame show, um, you know, how uh, the Steelers tried to deal with that, and they tried to deal with it in a lot of ways on a one-to-one kind of um, basis. You know, you lose T.J. Watt, so you try to find someone to put in to I won't say replace him because that's a stretch for a guy who was the defensive player of the year, the year before that. But, um, you know, you you, you just put one person in and, you know, leave everyone else alone. Kind of, um, this year, should that happen? Um, you know, hopefully that doesn't, but uh, if it does, I think, you know, the Steelers have some options and, you know, Nick Herbig would be one of them. And, uh, you know, again, he, he, he did come off uh, the ball very nicely against the Buccaneers, as he has been doing up here at training camp, uh, and he finished because a lot of times that's what's missing from some of these young players. You'll see, uh, let's, let's just use pass rusher, you know, as an example, because that's kind of what we're talking about here. Uh, you'll see a good get off the line of scrimmage, good quickness, maybe make a nice move. Um, to defeat the blocker or at least put himself in a position where, you know, he can get at the quarterback and then he either misses him or the guy gets outside of him or, you know, whatever. But Herbig was finishing too, which is, uh, again, I I, I don't want to understate this. I mean, that's such a good sign to see that so quickly from, you know, such a young player. And, um, you know, uh, Missy Matthews was working the sideline, uh for the, the the telecast of the preseason opener and she reported that you know one point after a herbig sack and the defense came off the field uh you know those guys were <laughs> sitting on the bench since it was a little warm there that friday night um they you know getting water or something and mike Tomlin came over and as a way of complimenting nick herbig in front of a lot of his teammates Tomlin spoke to the other players and said Any of you guys have a younger brother too, (laughs) you know, and um, as a reference to Nick Herbig being Nate Herbig's uh, younger brother and the impact that this guy has had so quickly on this team. So, um, yeah, good start for him certainly, Uh, and I believe that his performance, you know, so far we've talked about uh, Kenny Pickett, Calvin Austin, and I. Nick Herbig is another one of those guys I think on the top line of. good good things that happened for the Steelers in that preseason opener.
2: Well, let me throw another one out at you. It didn't end exactly on a great note with this guy, but I think this is another example of someone who's had a very strong camp and having it translate over into the game. It's another member of this rookie class, Keanu Benton. Now, I know he left the game with an injury. Hopefully it's not too serious and he'll be able to get back into the fold because, labs, I've been hearing from a lot of people up at camp, even before camp, saying – this guy has starter-capable things written all over him. I know it's rare for a Steelers mid-round draft pick to come in and start, especially at that position, but this guy might be able to do it, and i got to be honest with you, seeing him in a game situation for the first time, I understand why so many people felt that way about him. I know it was against some stiffs in Tampa Bay. It wasn't exactly the, the starters there, but like the great Tunch Ilkin used to say, Labs, if you can't beat the stiffs, you are the stiffs, and he was beating them like crazy on the field on, on Friday.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the thing that Keanu Benton has, um, you know, th- what made him the draft pick that he was, which was 49th overall, you know, he's, he will forever be known maybe as the other second round draft pick of the 2023 <laughs> draft class because, you know, Joey Porter Jr. being the 32nd, you know, pick of the draft. But Benton, you know, he's 309 pounds, you know, give or take, um, and He has nose tackle size, but he, um, and again, you know, we've done this before on these podcasts, you know, try not to throw out names of comparison, then that ends up labeling this poor guy for the rest. We don't like that, but hey, the preseason has started, so it's time for me to just (laughs) throw that away, at least for the next uh, half an hour or so. But Keanu Benton um, is. The, the hope is that he has some Jayvon Hargrave in him, which means he is a guy that you can put in there and is capable of um, being tough at the point of attack for your run defense. But if the offense decides that they want to throw the ball, you know, without a lot of personnel changes, um, he can contribute to the pass rush too, because he has some uh, athletic ability, some quickness. Um, and so, you know, And if you can find a guy like that, you know, these all-situations defensive players at at various positions, usually we refer to these uh, all-situations defensive players being so important at inside linebacker. But if you have defensive linemen who are that as well, um, that's really, really valuable too. So Keanu Benton showed some ability, some athletic ability, um, even uh, within his helping against the run, you know there was um, it was a fourth and one at midfield in the second quarter, and you know Benton didn't make the play on this, but he blasted into the defense into the offensive backfield and really kind of blew up the play. Keyshawn Vaughn, the the running back who took the handoff, you know had to deal with Benton almost immediately after he got the handoff. And so, you know, that allowed Isaiah Loudermilk to, to make the play. It was a three-yard loss, turned the ball over for the offense. I mean, and yes, Loudermilk made the tackle, and he was an important part of that. But in my mind, Benton made that play by what he did, right. you know, coming right off the snap. So, um, you know, and then he made another tackle in the, in the backfield for a loss. So you're talking about a nose tackle, interior defensive lineman, who stuffed a fourth and one and then had a tackle for loss on a running play. I mean, that's that's a pretty good um, contribution for a rookie in a short period of time in his very first game-like action. So, yeah, I, I was really, really impressed and heartened by what we saw from Benton against the Buccaneers. But like you, uh, I kind of got a little sick to my stomach when I saw him limping off yeah. the field. Uh, you know, with what has been described as an ankle injury. And as you said, we don't know how serious it is. Um, you know, I'm a guy who normally lives in his fears. Uh, but when I was watching that, I was looking for a silver lining. And the only one I could come up with was, uh, he was limping off the field on his own instead of being driven off on a cart. So, I mean, maybe that turns into something. Maybe it's just me, you know, whistling past the graveyard, but, um, keep a good thought because I, I think that he's a player who um, can give the Steelers some things that they didn't necessarily have last season or since Javon Hargrave uh, cashed a big check as yeah. an unrestricted free agent went to Philadelphia
2: inside linebacker is a position that everybody has their eyes trained on all new guys in the mix this year competing for that job. I shouldn't say that Mark Robinson is still here, but you know what I mean? They bring in three veterans to throw into the fold Holcomb Roberts and Quan Alexander. Alandon Roberts spoke with the media following the game on Friday in his first action as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Let's take a listen.
3: Um, Honestly, like um, coming into the game, um, it just felt real good to be in a Pittsburgh uniform. You know, I'm just be very honest with you, Uh, putting the jersey on today. Felt real good, but once the game got started, uh, obviously, like you said, limited snaps. But for me, it was basically uh, trying to get in game mode uh, from a study standpoint, uh, adjustment standpoint. So when I wasn't in, was able to go to the sideline, get with the linebackers, get with the defense, seeing the type of adjustments that we're making, seeing staying engaged in the game, seeing what uh, type of day Tampa wanted it to be, and whatnot. Just just getting in my the routine. Uh, of a game time situation. And um, like I said, I mean, action wise was limited snaps, but just being engaged, um, taking a lot of mental reps, I was in tuned in the game into the uh, fourth quarter.
2: Did he huh? Did he Not, at <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. How did you feel like,
3: maybe when you were in the game, maybe
2: what you saw
1: when you were figuring out the, the operation things you know, in the you know, holding the linebacker? just getting the calls and
3: getting the guys to up in the right place you feel like you that part of yeah it was very calm uh you know one thing about uh us three even including the other ones um you know everybody's kind of been in this situation uh one thing that um mike t and um the coaching staff do a great job of is putting us in them situations in practice so um once the game time kind of came, it was just, it was just fluid. It was just real fluid and, and whatnot. And uh, like I said, uh, we all have to be uh, calm, and we all have to do our job, communicate well, because that's that's first and foremost. We got to get the call in, got to communicate well, so all the other guys can play fast because they depended on us. You guys had some hot days in
1: practice. Did that compare to anything like this, or was this a little more than you know, they experienced last week?
3: It was hot. It was, it, it was hot. You know, uh, I'm a Texas guy. Uh, I trained in offseason in Texas. Uh, I mean, obviously I played in Miami for three years, so I was kind of used to it. I, I knew what that field was going to feel like and whatnot. But uh, I mean, you just got to prepare for it. You know, you, you're going to have games like that. And like I said, I, I think uh, the couple of days that we did have uh, in training camp like that, that players was able to embrace it and just
2: grind through it. And I mean, it is what it is. I know Coach Tomlin was enjoying that heat down in Tampa. I'm sure that was a godsend for him. But, Labs, Landon Roberts got his first run as a Steeler. So did Cole Holcomb. So did Quan Alexander in the preseason game. And the one guy that I think stood out from all the rest, and again, this is preseason game one, so I'm not going to anoint someone as linebacker one right off the jump here, but... Man, Quan Alexander flies all over that field, and we just heard from Alandon Roberts. He's a thumper for sure, and he made his presence felt a couple times, but I kept feeling like I kept looking up and seeing number 26 out there making plays while he was on the field.
0: Yeah, Quan Alexander, I mean, uh, he he kind of, as soon as he uh, reported to uh, training camp uh, at St. Vincent College and, you know, met the media, um, he kind of established himself or described himself as someone who's physical, and he has been that in practice pretty much every day uh, since the Steelers signed him, and he was that um, Friday night in Tampa in the in the preseason opener. Uh, yes, I agree with you, and let me just say this. Uh, I thought that was a, a BS pass, roughing the passer call on him, uh, that, uh, that 15-yard penalty. I didn't think that that really rose to the level of what, or maybe they called it unnecessary roughness, or whatever they called. Uh, I didn't think that that was helmet-to-helmet contact. It's
2: so rare for the league to get a call like that wrong, too. Yeah. That never happens.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I guess it's the preseason opener for <laughs> officials, too. Uh, but, well, they're in midseason you
2: know, <laughs> form with that one, so.
0: <laughs> hey, man, those are supposed to be my lines. Don't be stealing my <laughs> stuff about officiating. Uh, but, uh, But anyway... Yeah, I liked uh, his approach to the game, his demeanor. I mean, there was no uh, half-stepping it for Quan Alexander. Not that I thought that there would be. But, you know, sometimes veterans uh, in in preseason games, um, maybe they don't view it as seriously as some of the younger people trying to make an impression or, you know, earn a spot or earn a job or, you know, whatever it might be. But no, he uh, he has one speed; it's full speed all the time, and uh, yeah, he showed that again um, uh, against the Buccaneers. Let me just say this: uh, a name that we really hadn't mentioned much in terms of this particular uh, topic uh, this at this time. Mark out Al- uh, Mark Robinson, I almost called him Mark Alexander. Mark Robinson uh, had six was in on six tackles, mm. which was second on the team behind James Pierre, and. Um, yeah, he was he was around. He he was doing you know Mark Robinson kind of things. I mean, he was um, involved. He was um, you know banging people. He he was doing the things that he does. Now uh, again, we'll have to see. Uh, in my opinion, let me let me start with that. In my opinion, he makes the the roster. Yes, um, I, I do understand that there are some people that don't necessarily agree with that, but. In my opinion, he makes the roster. So we're going to have to see uh, what kind of role he might be able to carve out for himself uh, in this coming season. But, um, you know, Mark Robinson, the things that he did well um, it, in his limited exposure last regular season and the things that he has done well in this training camp, uh, he did well in, in the preseason opener. And again, I take that as a good sign.
2: Yeah, I think Mark Robinson is going to carve himself out a spot on this roster as well. He's shown a lot of flashes at the inside backer spot, and of course there's always that special teams avenue that a player like himself can take to find himself on the 53-man roster. When we come back, we'll talk about practice today and wrap things up on the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.
1: This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio.
2: Coach Tomlin always likes to find these little tests for players during this camp experience. And today I think is another one in bringing your own energy and having the right mindset, the professional mindset during a practice. You know, Tomlin spoke in the past of when we've had practices before a day off and when you have practices after a day off, I want to see that same level as, of intensity and focus out of these guys. Well, labs, today's practice is smack dab in the middle of a day off on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, we're off yesterday and you're off tomorrow. So, I'm sure coach Tomlin is pretty curious to see if maybe a player or two might take their foot off the gas a little bit here now that you know you got this little random day of practice that I'm sure everybody would rather do without.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm just really happy that you brought the energy today to this little um exercise we're doing right now because is that what I'm I did? sure that at, at some point um, you know, Mike Tomlin's going to listen to this podcast in his room to make sure right to make sure that we brought sufficient energy because yesterday was a day off for this podcast and tomorrow is a day off for this podcast so you know kudos to you for being a professional that being a professional that you are um you know this is kind of a weird week too you know you mentioned a day off yesterday uh practice today then tomorrow mondays that's the players' mandated day off uh, throughout this training camp. So that they're off that day, too. And then, you know, there's a home game, home preseason game, this coming Saturday at Acreshurst Stadium. 6.30 is kickoff uh, against the Buffalo Bills. And so, you know, there's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday up here. And then, you know, breaking camp day is kind of listed on the schedule now as Friday. Because, you know, the players stay in a hotel the night before a game. And so I didn't think that it was going to be likely that uh, they would break camp Thursday and spend two nights in a hotel. So um, I I think that based on the, the original schedule and what we know about the original schedule during a training camp is... Uh, Sometimes it's not worth the paper it's printed on because (laughs) things change uh, based on, you know, the reality of the moment. And so, but the original schedule calls for the Steelers to practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. All of those practices are open to the public. Tuesday and Wednesday is normal time, 155. Now, right now, Thursday, the practice is scheduled for 1030 uh, just in helmets. So again, we're going to see um, if that holds, um, you know, or if 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 it uh, stays at ten thirty as I mean holding, or if they adjust it a little bit, or if it's changed into, um, you know, I don't know the one fifty five, or maybe uh, adjusted a little bit, maybe it's noon. I I don't know. So um, I, what I would say to fans is, you know, stay light on your feet for Thursday if you were planning on coming out, uh, but Tuesday and Wednesday, I think are going to be days or regular kind of days in pads. Uh, and this afternoon is one fifty-five on the schedule practice in pads. We'll see what it ends up being.
2: Yeah. And you know, that carrot is kind of dangling out in front of them too, as far as this being the last week of training camp that they're about to embark on. So there's another one of those little tests that I'm sure Tomlin is interested in is finishing strong. And, Seeing that these guys, you know, put as much effort into these last three days of camp practice as they did in those first three days of camp practice.
0: Yeah. And, the, you know, uh, the carrot's right there for me and you, too, buddy. So <laughs> let's grab onto that bad boy and uh, go for it because. Uh, you know, I th- personally, you know, I haven't heard anything uh, for sure, but I think we've had a heck of a camp.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I was planning on the last day Thursday, I was just going to do a whole hour of patting ourselves on the back. So maybe we save, <laughs> we can save that for, for that episode. But Tomlin did mention not patting themselves too hard on the back after the Tampa Bay game, and hopefully we're better against Buffalo. But i got to be honest with you, Labs. The tone that he had in that press conference, that was as, about as close as Tomlin probably saying he was very pleased with his efforts from his team <laughs> without actually saying it. Uh, focus on next week. We got to get better. We got to get better. But I think you could kind of tell that as far as that first game goes, it, it couldn't have gone better in his mind.
0: Well, yeah, I think I think that a lot of that um, will get tempered. You know, there was a there was there was a whole plane ride back from Tampa, <laughs> and then all day on Saturday to find things. You know, to work up uh, a little bit of uh, I won't say anger, but you know, uh, displeasure. Uh, and I'm sure that you know those have been found. Uh, hopefully, one of those is not about Keanu Benton's ankle, but um, you know we'll we'll see what it is. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, there wasn't a whole lot for me um, to be disappointed in right. in that game. Uh, be, again, we we saw some. <clears throat> excuse me, so many things I thought um, that. Were good first steps in the process, uh, and now what I th- really, really, really think is critical is that there's no backsliding, because I do believe that uh, in terms of the Buffalo Bills, um, the degree of difficulty in just what is presented by the opponent will increase considerably. You know, you're talking about a Buffalo team that um, you know wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bills ended up in the Super Bowl as the AFC representative. Uh, That may not happen, Uh, and I I, I would have been comfortable saying that at this uh, point in any of the previous couple of seasons as well. You know, the Bills are one of those really legitimate contenders. they got a really good roster, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, and it's the second preseason game, so I wouldn't expect Buffalo, as an example, to hold out Uh, Twenty-one of their players, as Tampa Bay did. Uh, I think you're going to see more uh, of the Bills than we saw of the Buccaneers. I think we're going to see more of the Bills for longer um, than we saw of of whatever we saw of the Buccaneers. But you know, on the flip side, I don't think there's going to be 13 Steelers that uh, are held out of the game either, um, just based on you know, outside of whatever injuries might you know um, mandate. So, yeah, the the game Saturday at Akersure Stadium, I think, is going to be a much more, I won't say realistic test, but a much more stern test uh, of this team and the things that it is trying to develop uh, during its time up here at training camp.
2: Steelers practice today is at 155. No practice tomorrow, so Labs and I will be back again at 8 a.m. on Tuesday for another edition of the Training Camp Report. Wolf and Starks are up next. We're going in the locker room on Steelers Nation Radio.